Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. You know, we come here oftentimes, I think, with a lot that's heavy on our heart and our mind. And sometimes that keeps us from truly coming here, being present. This response we give from Psalm 40 today speaks to why we are here, or should be why we are here. Lord, here I am. I come here so that I might know you, know your will, and live my life accordingly. This fits everyone, no matter our economic status, political bent, social standing. Everyone is laid bare before this request that Christ gives us. He wants us to know him because he knows us. It is what a Christian commits to in our baptismal promise and what we raise our children through the baptism we begin with into the faith that we lead them into to be aware of. Being a disciple of Christ means to be active in doing his will because his will is the Father's will. And when we follow that, we begin to find that which brings us true peace and joy. But before we can do the Lord's will, we have to ask in some way, Lord, I want to know you. See, Jesus knows you. But we don't oftentimes take time to know Jesus. That may sound like, yeah, I've heard that so many times, it's almost cliche. That the Lord wants to personally know me and that he wants me to have a personal relationship. Well, why aren't we believing that? What distracts you and I from the truth? In relationships like marriage and like friendships, we come to know the other's will through what they share with us and the trust that we build between one another. I've been married 33 years, and I can guarantee that I know my wife's will only because I've been present to her, and I work at it every day to be present to her. But when you're present to someone and you know them, you anticipate their need. You work to try to be there for them before they even ask. I have great friends that I really am appreciative of having in my life, and I recognize the only way those friendships remain viable, remain alive, is by me being present to them, to call them, to text them, to be with them, to know their will the best that I can. Well, that is what Christ is asking of us. We spend lots of time doing work for others And we oftentimes neglect the time we need to give to Christ. If you want to know Jesus, then like in your friendships and your marriage, you have to spend time with him. This week's gospel focuses on the first chapter of John's gospel, which describes the calling of the people to follow he who is to come, Jesus Christ. In order to follow, we have to trust and to know more and more what is God's will for us. I believe God's will is revealed to us through all aspects of our life. And I think there's a tendency for us to depend upon miracles 
depend upon grand moments in our faith life to know God. And we overlook God's presence in the simplest and the most mundane parts of our life where he's trying to speak to us. How many of you have listened to a song in the car? Maybe it's a song you've heard a hundred times, a secular song. Not religious, a secular song. And something catches your ear in the phrasing of that song that resonates and speaks to your heart. You go, wow, what is that? And then we might dismiss, that can't be God. Why? God created us. He created all this. The songs that we are listening to were created by his creation. Why can't God use that simple moment to speak to us profoundly? I use that as just an example that how do we look for God in the life that we have been given? How can we know if it is Jesus that's prompting us? If you hear that and you think, was that Jesus or was that just my mind? Well, we can't know that unless we work to know him like we do in our friendships and in our relationships. The Son of God is hidden until John reveals him to those who come seeking truth in the brokenness of their life, in the brokenness of the world. And the one who will remake what has been broken is Christ Jesus, the Lamb of God who reveals all truth. Most especially that we are loved unconditionally by the Father, the one who created us just as we are. You might be sitting there thinking, you know, I wish I was a little different. Maybe a little trimmer, maybe a little better looking, maybe smarter. Whatever you think when you look at yourself and you become discouraged, believe me, God is not discouraged with you. He created you. He knows things about you that he wants to reveal that are gifts and strengths within you. But we spend a lot of time discouraging ourselves and discounting ourselves and discounting others, thinking that somehow... This isn't speaking to me. I read a book regarding discouragement. It's called Overcoming Spiritual Discouragement. It's a book devoted to the wisdom and spiritual power of a priest from the 19th century named, now venerable, Bruno Lanteri. And Venerable Bruno Lanteri was not only a devout priest, but also the founder of a religious congregation called the Oblates of the Virgin Mary in Italy. He says, Above all, I recommend with all my heart that you guard against discouragement, disturbance, and sadness. Seek always to keep your poor heart in peace. And encourage it, and always to serve God with holy joy. I have a friend who is a convert to the faith. She, she's had a hard life. She worked in emergency services, and she has a small pension, small amount of money she gets. Not enough to make ends meet. She lives in a trailer park within the Vancouver area. And I've known her for years, and she just gets by. No matter the economy, it just, just gets by. To add to all that, her life is made hard by the fact that she has 
lymphoma. So she goes for constant cancer treatments and then receives steroids to counter that and all this up and down in her life. And she always seems to be, from my perspective, on the brink of losing everything. But she calls me and when we talk, she has tremendous faith. She finds joy in her life in spite of what I or you might think is a hard life. And whenever she feels discouragement creeping in, which she does, she looks back at the many times that God has come back into her life to save that moment of time. To save her from being evicted. To save her from missing paying her bills. It just happened recently. Once again, the rates of cost of living for housing goes up. Well, rent at trailer parks... They went up too. And as I said, she was just getting by and she called and she said, they're raising the rate again and I don't know what to do. But she goes, I know the Lord, I know the Lord won't let me down. He hasn't let me down time and again before. St. Vincent de Paul gave her enough money to cover another month's rent. And she was so grateful. And the month's rent came in and she thought, this is great, I have this month's rent, but I don't, I've got a kitty, a little cat, and a little parrot that I take care of. They're my only family and friends. How am I going to feed them? And so she rooted around in her purse and she found a $20 bill. She goes, I have no idea where that came from. She's telling me this. People think that and they think, maybe that's not miraculous. No, that is miraculous. So she buys her, her, ki- her kitty and her bird food. That's a simple part of our life where God enters in because he knows how important they are to her. And so she takes this encouragement that she gets from the Lord constantly swooping in in her life and being present to her. She takes that out into the community she lives in. She goes door to door in this trailer park and she asks how people are doing. She meets with young people who are on the edge or suffering from, from mental disabilities. They're suffering from drug abuse or alcoholism. And she talks and prays with them. She meets with elderly people like herself who've been left in this trailer park by their children who don't come and see them, who don't bring them any resources to get by. She sees people and she loves them because she has a a charism, a charism, to not be distracted by the outward appearance, but loves them as children of God as she sees them. The first line of the gospel today, John the Baptist says, I saw Jesus, I saw Jesus coming toward me and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It says he saw him, not just as another man, but as the Son of God, because he was given a special grace to recognize Jesus. And Jesus reveals himself to St. John the Baptist, who recognized that Jesus is truth. And this is affirmed by the descent of the Holy Spirit upon Jesus. Now what does that have to do with us? You've heard this before, you you hear this gospel as another story maybe in the Bible that has some minor connection to your life. Maybe you're distracted today thinking about the fact that your team lost last night in the playoffs. 
as the playoffs begin. I watched the playoffs as soon as I finished my homily last night. Maybe you're distracted by a family member who is just angry with you. And you just grind and dwell on that. And it can't seem to be releasing from you. Maybe you're distracted by people who just anger you. That you want to judge as wrong. All these are distractions that draw us from being present to God in a moment. When we are in a relationship, we try to be present to the other person. This is what Christ offers us today. This is why we come to Mass. To be present to Him, real and substantially, me bodily here. Because He is here, real and substantially. In this Mass, in Masses throughout the world at this moment, and will be at every minute of this day, there will be a Mass being celebrated, where he is real and present. Father will say soon in the liturgy, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is here, real and substantially. That is what we believe in our faith as Catholics. I'll offer one more quote from Venerable Bruno Lanteri, who says, Be persistent in constantly renewing, even daily, and several times a day, your proposals, even if they are always the same, and if you fulfill them very poorly. Because in this way, you exclude at least the will to continue in your own failings. It is precisely this that the Lord desires of you and in which the holiness of which we are capable in this life consists. The, holy con- the holiness consists not in, not in no longer failing or in not perse- persevering in the will to fail. On the contrary, he says, it's the persistence in our will to always begin again that has some heroic component to it. When we fail, we think, how am I going to fix that? What can I do to not fail again? And we rely on ourselves, oftentimes, to try to overcome that failure. And the persistence that Venerable Bruno Lantari is focusing us towards is the persistence to turn to God's will. God wants to help us in that moment. So may our focus this week, maybe as a New Year's resolution, we're only two weeks into the New Year, right? Maybe make this a New Year's resolution that we not give up persisting to get back up. That we not give up persisting to do the will of the Lord the best that we can. And that we not give up seeking out for forgiveness. To show mercy to ourselves and to others Because Christ, who is the Lamb of God, gives us strength and focus at this Eucharist that we will soon share. May we say with confidence, here I am, Lord. I come to do your will.